There are certain skills, critical skills, that you need, that we all need, not only to get ahead in our lives, but also to ensure a successful path forward for our children and for the survival of our constitutional republic. You're listening to All About Skills, where we discuss the eight critical skills you need to succeed and how CEOs, placement directors, executive recruiters, and career-minded individuals utilize them to propel themselves to a higher level of understanding and achievement. Get ready to learn, master, and excel with your host, Charlie Jett. Thank you, Anne, and welcome to It's All About Skills. This is a series of programs where we discuss the critical skills and their application in the real world. My name is Charlie Jett, and we're coming to you from our studio in beautiful downtown Chicago. I'm an internationally certified coach, and I specialize in career management, skill development, positive intelligence, and career crisis. Well, we have a terrific guest today. Amy Gardner is a top-notch coach at the firm Aprochromatic and specializes in coaching primarily, but not exclusively, attorneys. Now, it's not surprising that Amy coaches lawyers if you look at her background. She's a graduate of the University of Chicago Law School and earned her master's degree in public policy and administration from Northwestern University. She served as a trial attorney in both large and small firms, and before becoming a full-time coach, she served as the Dean of Students at the University of Chicago Law School. And it was there that she developed an understanding of the unique needs of law students and in tailoring professional education and developmental opportunities to their needs. So welcome, Amy, to It's All About Skills. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be with you. Well, I'm delighted that you, you're here. And hey, as a starting point, tell us a little bit about your background and how you arrived at the role you now have in life. Sure. So um, after I graduated from Luther College in Northeast Iowa, I worked for two years on political campaigns in Iowa and then moved to Chicago to go to the University of Chicago Law School. And from law school, I was a litigation associate at Skadden Arps here in Chicago for about six years and then an associate and then partner at a mid-sized firm called Ungradian Harris, which is now part of Nixon Peabody. And when I had the opportunity to return to the University of Chicago Law School as the Dean of Students, I was um, I guess surprised is probably a fair word um, to learn that the way that students were being prepared hadn't changed so much between the time that I had graduated and the time that I had made partner at a firm. And so one of the things that I did as Dean of Students was really focus on leadership and professionalism development among law students. And through that work, I got to work with the coaches at the Booth School of Business and learned some about coaching then, and as well as collaborated with a number of law firms to design and fund the programming for law students. And I kept hearing from law firms that their attorneys would benefit from the types of things that I was doing with law students and eventually decided um, to make that my next uh, career move. And so my husband and I founded Apochromatic. And today I work primarily with lawyers. As you said, we do one-on-one uh, -on -one career coaching, career transitions and career development coaching, as well as offer small group attorney masterminds that are six month masterminds for attorneys who again, want to develop or transition in their careers. And then the other half of our business is really focused on team and leadership development. So Keith and I each hold uh, different multiple certifications. And um, one of those certifications is in team and leadership development where we will work with 
a team within a law firm or an in-house counsel team or a team of non-attorneys in another employer and help them come together, resolve communication issues, learn to work better together and get re-engaged and realigned with their mission. So that's, um, that's what we do now. Wow, and you really uh, discovered a passion for coaching. Absolutely, yeah. I, I really get energized from helping people design and build careers that they can be excited about. Um, and so that's really a, a lot of fun for me. In helping uh, the attorneys, the executives, and other professionals, you know, determine, uh, determine where they want to go in their careers and, and lives, uh, tell, me, tell me some things about how you do that. How do you go about that? We start with a variety of assessments, and um, we do that because what we often find, um, and I'm sure we'll get to this when we talk about skills, is that you know, um, talented people have so many different routes that they can go in their careers, and it can be really overwhelming. And so what we've found is that by starting with figuring out what the person wants, then we can figure out um, with them the how piece of it. So we talk about things like values. We use an assessment called the EQI 2.0 to help them get more in touch with their emotional intelligence. Um, we often will use other assessments as well. There's a blind spot assessment that we um, like to use too. We talk about things like their character strengths, the, the skills that they actually enjoy using and go through all of that so that when it comes time to apply for jobs, they're not just applying for every bright, shiny object that comes along and that introspection and initial work to figure out what they really want also pays off when it comes time to evaluate offers. So that's where we really start with people. And then we get into the more tactical pieces like networking and resumes and, and interview strategy, things like that. You coach clients, uh, uh, as we talked about earlier on the critical skills, the kind of things that they need to succeed. Those kinds of skills are, are portable. They're the things that you take from wherever you go, no matter whatever job you're, you do, to other jobs. Tell us a little bit about that and how, how, uh, what you, how you coach uh, connects to the critical skills that we talk about here on this podcast. Absolutely. Well, um, so I think about the, the first one that comes to mind is communication. And at the end of the day, lawyers are constantly communicating. And that might be that they're going to court. I think that's what we often think of in terms of lawyers and communication. But it can also be that they are conveying the terms of a deal and an acquisition or explaining the law to a client or presenting yourself in a new client pitch or job interview. And so we work a lot with people on communication. And we often also focus on executive presence, which is a skill that dramatically affects your ability to communicate. And so we do that a lot with our one-on-one -on -one coaching clients. But then in addition, when we're working with teams, communication is often the hurdle that is keeping a team from working together as effectively as they can. So that uh, communication is often really important to the work that we do with teams as well. Mm -hmm. And certainly you think about production, making things happen. That's often something that holds people back. So the same people who might be great at making things happen for their clients can often have the most difficulty in making things happen for themselves because they're so busy with work that they just don't have energy at the end of the day to really focus on their careers. Um, and, and that's the ability to draw on resources, to network, to reach out to references, those sorts of things can be really, can feel insurmountable and be really challenging. Um, and, and one of the things that um, I really appreciated in your 
your earlier episode on production was when you said that enthusiasm can be the key uh, to being able to get things done. And I think that's 100% true. And so often what we're doing in coaching is helping people tap into that enthusiasm that may have been buried. Obviously, information, uh, being able to sort information and verify its validity is something that lawyers do all day, every day. Um, but every applicant, regardless of your career, you have to be able to, to do that to sort through job opportunities because you can't just apply for, for everything you see. And you can tap into that critical skill to, um, to decide what opportunities make sense for you to actually apply for, as well as what opportunity is the right thing for you to, um, to take. Go ahead. As you're talking about that from the lawyer's point of view, that's evidence. That's the kind of thing that's really evidence in the trial. And it's, uh, sure. You have to sort the evidence to make sure that it's true, to make mm -hmm. a compelling case through the, uh, the, uh, the skill of analysis. Mm -hmm. You bet, yeah. Um, and I think too, the, the skill of analysis, um, it's so important to success, but it can't be at the expense of interpersonal skills. And um, that, that's something that we see a lot is that people who have great technical skills sometimes come to us because they need to focus more on the emotional intelligence pieces and the interpersonal skills so that they can advance to the next level. Um, obviously technology, I think is something that is often overlooked because we just assume that it's a, a base level skill, but that's um, a varying importance in different careers, but important in all of them. Um, those interpersonal skills, again, are, are super important um, to be able to, to get a job, but also to do well at it. And then time management, I mean, that's something that we work with clients on a lot where I often say you can do anything, but you can't do everything. And that can be really difficult for people to um, carve out the time and space for reflection and a career transition. Um, and it's so important if you want to have a balanced life. And then, of course, continuous education, being a curious, continuous learner can really set you apart on the job market and um, is really important if you want to continue to, to grow and develop in your career. You know, Amy, Amy you uh, mentioned the words emotional intelligence a couple of times as part of uh, the coaching you do in more the interpersonal area. Uh, tell us a little bit about that. Sure. So we, um, as I mentioned, we, we like the EQI 2.0 assessment, but there are a number of them. Um, and we'll often look at those skills because what we see is that sometimes people have um, very high levels of one particular skill and then a lower level of another. And so you can come to rely on the things that you are strongest in. One of the things um, that we often see for lawyers is lawyers tend to be very high in the skill of reality testing, which can make you a great lawyer. And, um, and I say this with love as a lawyer, can make you very difficult to live with. <laughs> and so um, we will work with our clients on what skills might you want to develop more of, what skills might you want to lean back from some. I mean, just to give you one example, we were working with a team recently and they all did the um, EQI 2.0 and we, we put the chart together of everybody on the team. And um, we realized that there was an enormous spread, I believe a 60 point spread in the team of um, uh, stress tolerance which meant that there are some people on the team for whom, you know, regular fire drills, not a big deal, right? Um, and they didn't react much to them. It was just, oh, this, it's Thursday. Of course, there's a fire drill. 
And then other folks on the team who are much lower in stress tolerance, every time somebody from above had a last second demand, they would start scurrying around. It created a lot of anxiety for them. And especially important for the relationships in the team, when they saw their coworkers not reacting much because the coworkers were higher in stress tolerance, they felt really frustrated. Like no one understood the gravity of the situation. So it forced them to kind of up their reaction even more so. So we see how emotional intelligence can be so critical within teams and um, for individual success, both at work and in your life outside work. Wow, now, Amy, how have these uh, critical skills helped you personally in your career? Such an interesting question. Um, I, I would say everything that I've done in my career has involved communication. I mean, if you want to really think about it, back in high school, I was in lots of speech contests that ended up paying for much of my college because of scholarships from the American Legion, oratorical contests. So communication has certainly been important. The ability to make things happen. I mean, the, the world is full of um, people who are far more talented, um, but don't have the, the get up and go to, to make things happen. Certainly being able to locate and sift through lots of information was always important to my career practicing law and now working with clients to help them sift through lots of jobs and opportunities that they could pursue. Um, I definitely use analysis to make recommendations now. Interpersonal skills, if you don't have interpersonal skills, it's gonna be awfully hard to, to bring in business and, and work one-on-one -on -one with clients. Um, and time management, because running a business um, certainly requires lots of time management skills. And I would also say that none of this works, particularly over the last, um, what, 15 months now, without technology and being willing and excited to learn new things. I mean, I, I know several consultants who, um, when everyone started working from home, said, well, I guess I'm going to have some time off, um, because they didn't want to adapt to online workshops and trainings versus um, at Apple Chromatic, we had been doing online trainings and workshops already. So for us, it was just, oh, okay, well, we're gonna be doing more of this from home. So that adjustment and, and being willing to adapt and use technology to do that and learn new things um, has been really helpful to us. Um, before we go any further, you mentioned uh, the name of the firm Apple Chromatic a couple of times. What does that mean? It, uh, I when I think of that, I think of a, a lens or something that makes things clear. Uh, what is, what, where do, how'd you come up with that as the name of the firm? I think it's great. Well, you nailed it perfectly, Charlie. Um, that's exactly why that is the name of the firm is because the idea is that we work with clients to help them eliminate distortions so they can focus on what they really want, um, whether that's with a team or with their career. Um, and I can take absolutely zero credit for the name. Um, I am in business with my husband, Keith, who's an avid photographer. He had three gallery shows in uh, 2019 and the first part of 2020. And um, he came up with the name, but we did, we changed the, normally apochromatic is spelled with a C at the end and we spell it with a K at the end. Because as a former uh, IP litigator, I wanted to make sure that we could get the trademark. So um, that's how we ended up with apochromatic. Well, I think it's a very appropriate name. I, I, I like it. I'm, I'm... I mispronounce it sometimes, but I, I'm, I'm glad I got it right when I introduced you. That's right. Absolutely, everybody does, so right. uh, no worries at all. You know, when you take on a client and so forth, what goes through your mind in terms of approaching the client to, to coach them? Describe uh, how you go about that. You know, you explained a little bit about what you do in the process, 
but how do you how do you uh, approach the whole client coaching process? We really start um, from the perspective of helping people figure out what they want before we get into the, the tactical pieces of you know, resumes and cover letters and, and job interview skills. I think that that's really critical, particularly when you're working as we do with tremendous people who have lots of opportunities and, and could have their career go in many different ways and it can just be really overwhelming. So doing that work up front helps them um, eliminate all of those extra um, extraneous opportunities and distortions really so they can focus on the ones that they want. One of the, the skills that I bring to career coaching is um, the ability to help people see possibilities. And so often our clients will come to us saying, you know, I don't know what to do. I guess I'm stuck here. They don't see that their skills are so transferable because they haven't been focusing on those critical skills. And um, so I once had a student actually send me a thank you note addressed to Oracle Amy and saying that he really appreciated that I was able to help him see the possibilities for his future in a way that he hadn't. And so that is often one of the pieces of what we do is help people see those possibilities because they are out there for all of us. But sometimes you need a, a, a neutral party whose, whose only aim is to help you build the career you want in order to be able to see those. You go into um, the career management and strategies a lot uh, as it is separated from the, the mechanics of finding a job and writing resumes and so forth. Although you do that too, but right. you, you really focus on the strategy and the long-term and the short-term tactical kinds of things that you do. Absolutely. Yeah, it doesn't do us any good. It doesn't do the client any good to, to land a new job if it's not the right one and if it's only going to be the right one for a year. You know, you, uh, I noticed you published, uh, published an article in the uh, Illinois State Bar Association's Standing Committee on Law Office Management and Economics. The article is entitled, Goals Only Go So Far, Why Engagement Should Top Your To-Do List in 2021. Tell us about that and how it relates to the critical skills. Absolutely. Well, when we work with teams, depending on the needs of the particular team, we often work with them on communications, on managing conflict, on building trust, and realigning around a common goals, values, and mission. And throughout that work, we have found that critical skills are often the topics that the team really needs addressed. So as I mentioned, uh, before communications, interpersonal skills, those relationships are really fundamental in order to be able to make things happen. In, at the root of most issues in teams, and, and not necessarily even issues, but just things that might be holding a team back from being as effective and efficient and productive and happy as, as they could be, are often those critical skills. You know, um, you received an honor from the Women's Bar Association of Illinois. Tell us about that, particularly about the qualities you admire in senior attorneys and that sort of thing. Sure, so I was um, featured in the WBAI's Member Mondays um, feature where they, they share information about a particular member. Um, and I, I was really um, honored to have been, um, been selected uh, to share some thoughts with the people who belong to the Women's Bar Association. Well, congratulations on that. Thank and, you, you know, I, I suspect that many of your clients uh, are, are female attorneys. And uh, what are the qualities you have seen and admired in the senior female attorneys 
that you know? And what are some of the challenges that these uh, women face, not only as attorneys, but uh, you know, as you see and as you do other things in other careers as well? Well, I think of people um, like you know one of one of the people that I know we both know and admire, Andy Kramer, and yeah. um, I also think of you know Tina Chen and other terrific senior um, female lawyers I know, and I think the qualities that I admire in them are the qualities that I also admire in male attorneys in many ways. So the fact they're ethical, excellent attorneys, that they they make it a priority to mentor and teach both on um, the strategic and the tactical because you really have to have both to be successful, that they are willing to share their mistakes and struggles honestly, so that other people can learn and overcome the imposter syndrome and other things that can hold um, people back. I also appreciate that they make concerted efforts to help others rise, and that might be through you know, Andy's case, the, the uh, mentoring program mm -hmm. that she and Al have been running and that I've been privileged to participate in. Um, through things like referrals or speaking invitations, um, award nominations, um, passing along positive feedback, because that that can make such a difference um, in your career if you have um, somebody who's senior who's willing willing to do that for you. Um, and the fact that they have um, other lawyers' backs and will help them when they struggle or speak up um, with them when there are power imbalances or other circumstances that can hold junior people back from being heard. Um, and one thing that I particularly admire about a Andy or Tina or, or other senior lawyers are when they are people who strive to be role models in having a great career that they love and a life outside of work, because yeah. I think that's what really makes the hard work worthwhile. And uh, we often, I think we overlook that and we really focus on who are the people in the profession who are doing great things at work. And obviously that's important and wonderful, but I, I'm, for me personally, I most admire people who are also doing things outside work that they want to be doing. Well, let's talk about that a little bit. That's part of your coaching too, isn't it? It's not just how to be, how to behave in the, in the law firm or in the, in the company that you're working for, but what you're doing outside of, uh, out of, outside of work, kind of the balance or the trade-offs you have to make between yourself and your career and your your family. It's kind of a delicate balance. Talk about that a little bit, what you do outside the career. Sure, I mean, one thing that gives me a lot of hope um, is that, so I work almost entirely with attorneys, but my partner Keith, for his one-on-one -on -one coaching, it's sometimes attorneys and also works with people from other professions. And I think our clients are pretty evenly split gender-wise as well. And this is something that we see more and more. And I think that the last you know, year plus has really drawn to the forefront that it, it, in some ways it doesn't matter what profession you're in or your, your gender identity. People want to be able to have a life outside work. Um, they, they want to be able to spend time with the people most important to them. And they also often, um, you know, want to be able to, to have a break too. Yeah. But I think that that's certainly something that's really important to people, and that the the time management is critical to that. Um, a mentor of mine, who I mentioned earlier, Tina Chen, she she often um, liked to say that, or likes to say that no one will ever care more about your career than you do. And I think it's really the same with with time management and drawing boundaries at work. It is very rare that anyone is going to ever say, "It's 4:30 on Friday. Why don't you go home and go ahead and log off and you know take 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 the weekend?" 
right? Um, usually things have to be pretty extreme for a supervisor to say that to you. And you have to be able to, to learn how to draw those boundaries and um, get them honored and honor them yourself. And it's a balancing act. For sure, yeah. I think especially we've seen over the last year, I, I saw one number that the, about the average worker um, is basically we all just replaced commuting time plus some with working time. And uh, you have to be able to meet the expectations at your workplace, but you also have to be able to recognize when you need a break. Yeah. Let's, uh, you know, during the past year, we've all, all faced uh, a little um, thing called COVID-19 and the pandemic. How has that impacted uh, what you're doing, both on the pro and con sides? Both in the positive, it's, it's obviously presented some opportunities. It's also uh, created some difficulties. Talk about how that's impacted uh, what you're doing. I think the biggest way it's impacted what we do has been that we haven't needed to, to spend time traveling. And that's something that I, I really miss. I do not, on the other hand, miss needing to spend far too long every week figuring out perfectly located Starbucks locations for meetings with people. Um, or when you're having lunch with a client or potential client, figuring out exactly the right location for the restaurant. Um, I mean, just from an efficiency standpoint. So yesterday, uh, Keith did a, did a, had a big speaking engagement. And 20 minutes later, we were meeting with a big client. And you could do that because it was a matter of, he left our, our studio, logged off, and went to his, back to his office, logged back on, and ta-da, there we were ready to go for the meeting. So um, from those standpoints, those things are great. I think in some ways, there has been a lot uh, of information and a lot of um, very clear numbers that tell us that the pandemic has made life much more difficult for a lot of people um, in terms of work. And obviously, we're not even talking about health or the bigger issues. Um, but in some ways, it has helped in some offices where people have long asked for the ability to work from home and been told no. And now we're seeing that productivity in many industries is by and large the same or higher as it was before. And so hopefully that gives people some space to be able to have work arrangements that allow them to work from home going forward if that's helpful to them. Yeah, so there are some things that uh, are the effects of COVID-19 that you're going to keep. And you're gonna, uh, you might go back to more uh, in-person uh, encounters with people, but there are certain things that, uh, with the things you've learned about COVID-19, that you're you're going to keep. Absolutely. I mean, I think um, when I think about when we're working with law firms or um, or co other companies in other cities, I mean, it is cheaper for them to not have to fly us in. Um, it is and a fly-in staff for people who have staff all over the country, right? Um, it, it makes it easier to meet with people when everybody can just log on and not have to worry about, you know, flight delay at LaGuardia. So I, I do think that some of those things are definitely um, have been helpful during this time, but obviously certainly miss getting together with people. And I do think that it, some of these relationships are easier to form and maintain when you can see people in person. Okay, let's let's put you in the role now of a of a person who's uh, been asked to address the graduates of a of an excellent college. Oh, might might be a college for women, might be a college for men and women, might be one of the service academies, <laughs> might, uh, might be uh, might even be a high school. 
or something, but you're giving an address and, and you, you only have a, you, know, you don't have much time, but there, you want to communicate three or four golden nuggets of uh, advice relating to the kind of work you do in career, career coaching. You're going to, you're going to give them some advice. What would that, would it, what would that advice be? My first piece of advice would be to negotiate your salary. And the reason I say that is because there's a statistic that shows that if you don't negotiate your first salary out of college, you will lose between $650,000 and $1 million over the course of your career. And obviously that can vary based on a lot of factors, but I mean, $650,000 to, to, to a million, right? So um, my first piece of advice is always negotiate your salary. People expect you to negotiate your salary. You got to do it. Yeah. Uh, the second piece would be to show up. And that means to go to the happy hour, go to the reception. So show up during happy, happy times. And then you go to the funeral. Nobody ever wants to go to the funeral, right? But you show up. So you show up when things are difficult and you're there for your colleagues and the people in your network. And the third is to network, network, network. And often I think, especially when you're straight out of college or, or newer to your career, you think networking, that's something for people who are senior. I can do that later. But the reality is, is that you're planting seeds and you are much better off starting sooner rather than later. And then the, the fourth is to remember that you've made it through every bad day you've had so far. And that's something that Michael Hyatt says, but I think it's totally true. I mean, you've made it through every challenge you've ever faced and hopefully that can be helpful in drawing on future challenges. Well, I think that's good advice, Amy. And then, uh, by the way, uh, is there any other thing that you'd like to, that you mentioned or talk about in terms of uh, the coaching that you're doing and what, you, what your dreams are for what your business might turn into over the next few years? I think for us, it's always about helping people and um, helping people to really effectuate change in their careers and to build the careers and lives that they love. So I just, I invite the people who are listening to, um, to reach out. We're happy to, we always do complimentary um, career clarity calls. And so glad to do that. And we do offer a number of free resources to people on our email list. We do monthly uh, virtual co-working days. We have quarterly um, seminars on time management, uh, or um, excuse me, on, uh, on goal achievement. We often have uh, time management seminars as well. So really a range of different resources and things that we, we offer. So I encourage people to, to reach out and join our email list and, and take advantage of those, um, those th things that we make available. Well, let's get a little bit specific about that. I think it's a great idea. Just how can uh, our listeners get in touch with you? Sure. So um, I'm on LinkedIn, Amy M. Gardner. Um, if you go to apochromatic.com, you'll have the opportunity to join the email list. And then we also have an assessment that particularly for folks who are thinking about a career transition may want to, to take advantage of. And it's a, a totally complimentary assessment. Um, you can do that at APO signup.com slash CRA. So APO signup.com slash CRA, and then it'll take you to our career resiliency assessment. that just gives you a sense of um, how resilient really is your career if you wanted to make a change, um, where would you be starting from? Okay, and it's Amy M. Gardner, right? 
right? There are lots of other Amy Gardners, including a reporter from the Washington Post and the West Wing TV show character. Um, so look, look for the Amy M. Gardner at Apochromatic. Okay, now spell apochromatic for us again. It's sure. not with a K, it's with the C, right? No, it's other way around. Other, other way. way around. So A P O A P O C H R O M A T I K. Aprochromatic.com. Right. Okay, well, Amy, uh, I want you to uh, know that I really appreciate you taking the time uh, for with us today. I, I love what you're talking about. I, I, thrills me that your your practice and your coaching practice uh, is congruent with the critical skills and that sort of stuff and that you not only talk about them but you practice them and I want to thank you uh, so much for being our guest today on it's all about skills well thank you so much for having me what a pleasure and as for me uh, I'm an internationally certified career coach and I specialize in career management skill development positive intelligence and career crises and you can get in touch with me through my website, charliejetcoaching.com. So I want to thank all of you for listening today. And we'll see you next time as we just discuss the critical skills on It's All About Skills. Thank you for listening to this episode of All About Skills. To learn more information about the critical skills, be sure to visit itsallaboutskills.com for access to resources like blogs, field studies, published books, and more about how to learn, how to use, and how to teach this important content. That's exclusively available on itsallaboutskills.com. We look forward to having you join us on the next episode so we can continue to help you learn, master, and excel by using critical skills right here on All About Skills.